tonight on Teal Tinted Glasses, we take a look at the last two teams in our Pacific Division preview. We've seen the whole Sharks kit thingy uh, in the wild, and now we have to give our opinions on it. All that and more on tonight's Teal Tinted Glasses. Oh. But as always, if you want to be part of the show, be sure to hit us up on all the social media, Twitter, um, Twitter, and Twitter some more. Uh, also, find us at tealtownusa.com. Uh, if you want to help the show, um, be sure to uh, give us a like, leave us a comment. Uh, and if you're feeling really froggy, hit us up in the super chat. But with that being said, it is time for us to go. It is me, Mr. Ian Bloggs Hockey on the Twitter machine, joined by at hockey underscore jerk on the Twitter machine, also known as the Hockey Jerk. Hockey Jerk, how you doing tonight? Uh, you know what? Uh, we're here, and it's going to be awesome. Uh, I'm excited to get going. Me too. Me too. Um, so let's start with the, uh, the, the, the one little shred of Sharks news that we got. We uh, saw the full Sharks kit kind of in the wild. Uh, Logan Couture sporting the all-teal, uh, the teal-out jerseys, uh, I'm going to call them from now on. And then um, we saw James Reimer sporting the road whites. Uh, what were your thoughts? Uh, it, they suck. <laughs> That's the short version. The long, like, you know, you know, I know Shang, you know, Shang did a did a thing with, uh, with Doug Bentz, I believe it was last night or tonight, today, and you know, one of the things that Doug got into was, you know, wanting to pay homage to the inaugural jerseys, the inaugural season, the, you know, kind of first era, while also not basically not using it as a crutch and basically looking forward and that kind of stuff, which I, I completely understand and I support the vision, but this product of that vision, I'm not a fan. I think I, I really hate to say it, but like, you know, it looks like somebody took a real Jersey and then sent it off to, you know, DH gate, had them make a fake mock-up and then that fake mock-up became the jersey. Like, it just doesn't look real to me, you know? And the word, you know, the word my fiancé used to describe it was embarrassing, and I wouldn't go that far, but I definitely think the Sharks took a... I don't even want to say a step. They took a leap in the wrong direction, if you ask me. See, I don't, I don't mind the sweaters themselves. Like, I think the sweaters themselves are fine. I don't really have issues with the sweaters themselves. Like the old, the old teal, it didn't, it didn't look as bad as I thought it would. Like based on the mock-up to like actual reality, it didn't look as bad. I do like the stripe on the pants. I just think it's just, it's a lot of teal. Mm -hmm. Like from that perspective, like I'm just, I'm not, I don't. I don't like it. Like I'm, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I'm like this huge fan of everything being teal, but it, it didn't look as bad that, that that's, that's not me saying it's good. It just didn't look as bad as I thought it might. Sure. Um, the sweaters themselves. I don't really have an issue with actually. I like the, the, the right, the, the road setup. I actually like the road setup a lot. I think yeah, they look crisp. Yeah. I, the, maybe I think, it's possible that I'm kind of, I don't know, maybe I'm just, I guess, 
I don't even know, biased <laughs> by the fact that like the whole set kind of mm-hmm. looks. I mean, I'm looking at the teal right now, and the teal, it's not, it's not horrible, you know. But I think with black pants and a black helmet, it would look better. Yeah. And the white, you know, it's just, I mean, it's hard to, like, I don't know why, I love James Reimer, I don't know why Reimer was the one to model it, because you can't even see the socks or the pants. True. You know, or what the helmet and glove setup is going to look like, so I don't know why they had Reimer model it. Um, I'm just, I don't know, it just looks, it looks very, the white, actually, who would have thought that the white jersey would be better than the teal one, but... It just looks very video game to me. Mm. Yeah, I'm usually like I'm usually not a huge fan of the white sweater, but like I agree, I think the white in this case is super crisp. Yeah, and it, and and weird like I don't know, I th- like the teal helmet on its own. I actually think looks pretty slick, but in the ensemble, I'm just not a fan. Yeah, I mean it's it could be worse. It could be like chromatic teal. Sure. I mean, so at least we haven't gone down that horrible avenue that that other teams have gone down <laughs> um but yeah i don't know i um i overall like i said i like the sweaters um i think the i like the numbers like i like the new number kit i think it's it's nice it's it's fresh like it's new and i think there's a lot of things going to be new about this team and maybe some that aren't going to be so new like finishing in the lottery but mm-hmm. i i don't know i don't i don't hate like individually i don't hate it i think together it just it's it's very whelming sure i guess i don't know that's that's my opinion um you can you can let me know in the comments if if you disagree um i I know on the show we did on the weekend i got some comments about um books i said joe thornton shouldn't have his number retired and and guys here's here's the thing right like if you if if the sharks tomorrow said they're they're gonna hang up Joe's rafter in the ceiling. It's like I go on Twitter in an angry tirade. I just wouldn't do it. That's Yeah, all. I'm the I'm the same way. Like if they ended up doing it, ultimately I'm not gonna give a shit, but I don't even think it's a conversation that should be had. Yeah. Oh man, now they're gonna come after you too. I love it. Good. <laughs> At hockey underscore jerk on Twitter. There you go guys. Um yeah, so um, before we get into our division preview, we did have some a little bit of division news. Uh, the LA Kings signed Sean Dursey to a two-year, uh, $1.7 million AAV contract. Uh, when the contract concludes, he will still be an RFA with no arbitration rights. But I think it's a pretty good deal for for Sean Dursey. Yeah, I mean, obviously Sean Dursey, he had... I don't, he, I think he had a rookie year that I think a lot of players would dream of having. Yeah. You know, uh especially on a team we've talked when we talked about the LA Kings a couple weeks ago, you know, a team that really needed a shot in the arm on the blue line. And it looks like Jersey has been able to give that to them. And it's a good contract. I mean, you, you want to obviously reward his really good start, but you don't want to get too ahead of yourself as well. And, you know, 1.7 million, it's, 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 I think it's fair money. Uh, It is over the, threshold of contracts that can be 100% buried but not by much yeah and you know if it really blows up you can trade the contract you can waive the contract and you know they have a lot of out clauses here but I I don't think they'll have to do that I mean he's 23 years old had a good season and I don't know about you but I it was if you ask me it was looking a little critical for Sean Dursey at one point it it seemed like he was never going to break through 
Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, again, I like the player. Um, mm-hmm. I, we, we talked about the Kings last week and obviously I think like his continued success is going to be a big part of them looking forward to this year. Right. And I know I wasn't as high on the Kings, I think as far as we looked at the, as like, I like to call the Pacific division blender. Cause mm-hmm. that's where I think they sit. And, but I think if they're going to be successful, I think he has to, have, uh, he's, he's going to have to have another big year, I think, but getting Drew Doughty back on that blue line, um, I think is only going to help a guy like Sean. Doughty. I was going to, I was going to say that doesn't hurt yeah. getting him back there. I, I think it's a, it's a good growth contract too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a nice, it's a nice little deal. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't, obviously he's not signed into oblivion for ridiculous amounts of money. Um, obviously you look at, he's going to still be a restricted free agent when his contract, but he doesn't even have arbitration, right? So it'll be interesting to see what they do on his next deal based on what he does now, obviously. But I think that'll it'll be interesting to see what happens there going forward. But I think it's a good bit of business for Rob Blake. Mm-hmm. And and it's, and I'm glad that you said that. I know. Okay, we're not talking about the Kings this week, but like, nope. I feel like more often than not, Rob Blake has good bits of business. Mm-hmm. So you know, as as far as like this is concerned, like I think it's just another thing you can add where it's like, yeah, you know, another good signing by Rob Blake. You know, and that's. I know obviously it's going to be to the detriment of uh, the Sharks, but, you know, Kings have, I mean, we talked about it last week, you know, the Kings have made a lot of positive steps in the right direction. And, you know, as far as I'm concerned, getting Dursey back in the fold, um, I mean, it's, it, it can only get better for them. You know, I don't think this hurts them at all. Yeah. And I think with this signing, I think there's only eight players now that are still restricted free agents that don't have contracts yet. So yeah, it'll be interesting to watch that going forward. Cause I think there's some interesting names there. Maybe we'll touch it at the end of the show. Um, so let's take a look at the Edmonton Oilers. Um, I, I don't know. Again, I asked this last week and I never got an answer in the comments or anything. I don't know who won the hypothetical Stanley cup. <laughs> it could be the Oilers though. So, yeah, uh, taking mean, a looking at your uh, 2022 hypothetical Stanley Cup champions, Edmonton Oilers, potentially. Um, now, their current cap hit's obviously going to be really high again. These numbers are just cap friendly today. They're not taking into consideration guys that are going to be put on the IR, moves that are going to get made. So as of today, according to cap friendly, or as of when I wrote this down, uh, $89,281,333, putting them over the cap by 6.781.333 million. Um, again, but those numbers are not, um, you know, they're, they're not final here. Um, projected the the outs are a lot of like for both of these teams like a lot of moving pieces on a lot of these teams especially for a team uh like edmonton who was in the conference final i thought it's a lot of turnover for a team um like that so out is josh archibald uh, josh archibald zach cassian colton sevier uh kyle tourist retired uh duncan keith also retired uh chris russell and miko koskinen who we know left uh coming in is Matthias Janmark and goaltender Jack Campbell. Uh, as of last I checked, Ryan McLeod still needs a contract. He has one of those eight RFA contracts remaining, if unless something changed that I missed. Nope, that's still accurate. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and then obviously Mike Smith is going to spend the season on the LTIR because if you're retired now, that would just destroy um, the cap problems for the Oilers. And also worth mentioning, which... 
Yeah, I and it's easy to forget he hasn't played in a long time, but Oscar Kleff, I'm also going to go on the LTIR. Correct. Yes, absolutely. Which is sad. I I love Oscar Clefbaum. Yeah, I mean, it's I like I don't know, I feel like with with the pandemic, you know, everything is sort of kind of all mushed together. Mm-hmm. Um and and you know, it's hard to keep track of things, but as it stands right now, you know, this is going to be his third consecutive season of not playing at all. Yeah. So I mean, the one big addition here is Matthias Yanmark, which I really like as a, like a depth guy. Cause I think the one thing I, the Oilers, they, they have gotten better at this, like for a while, like the Oilers were just a one line team. Right. Depending on which line, you know, if, unless <laughs> if they had, they separated dry and, and McDavid, like there was times where this was a one line team. Whereas I think this team now is obviously a lot, de- a lot deeper um, up front than it used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, no, like I, I like go ahead I was going to say I agree I think like all the guys that you mentioned especially at forward Archibald, Cassian, Sevier, Turris I mean in their own right they're all decent players yeah. you know they'll 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 do what you ask of them but I I would pick Matthias Janmark before I picked any of those four players and I, I agree I thought Janmark you know I, I thought he kind of fizzled out on the Golden Knights but he's still a good player you know he's he's kind of a you know, sort of a like a middle six kind of guy. You know, probably third line on a cup team. But if you have an injury, he can play on your second line, and he can he can do well there. And I think that's what Edmonton needed. You know, they this is last year was probably the deepest team they've had in a long time. Obviously, yeah. the deepest run they've had in a long time. But there was still room to get better. And I think bringing in Matthias Janmark, you make your forwards better. But on top of that, you know, specifically uh, sending out Zach Cashian. I mean, that was the big one. I know. Oilers fans, they love Zach Cashian, apparently. And, but <laughs> ultimately, you know, three and a quarter million bucks is too much to pay for a fourth line winger. And yep. it, they did, they believe it. They paid a hefty price to rid themselves of that contract. But you know what? It allowed them to, whatever you want to say about Evander Kane, it allowed them to re-sign him, which, which they clearly wanted to do. Mm-hmm. You know, it allowed them to get Yamamoto signed and Pulley signed and um, Brett Kulak sign. I mean, the Oilers, you know, I, as somebody who generally, like, I don't want to say gets off, but enjoys, like, team building, mm-hmm. like, I thought that Oilers, you know, they're, I would say they're in contention for the offseason Stanley Cup. I mean, they they got rid of the guys who weren't helping them, and they, you know, made long longer-term commitments to the guys that were helping them. They brought in some more, you know, help that they didn't have previously and you know i i think edmonton oilers i think they did a lot of good work in order to try and get back to the conference final i'm not totally convinced that they will but i still think they did a lot of good work to at least try yeah i would agree i mean it was it's it's so funny how how a summer can change like a team's prospects so i remember when we did the we did our first show on the oilers right after they got eliminated from the cup mm-hmm it was really hard to see what like because there's so many what ifs right like we didn't know what the story was going to be with mike smith at the time we didn't know you know who was coming back was a guy like evander kane coming back you know pulley arby what were they going to do with pulley arby exactly so i mean it was really it was really hard to to draw conclusions but i think they they've had a really good summer like you said um i i like this forward group a lot um Mm -hmm. i i like I like Ryan Nugent Hopkins. I think getting him under contract again for they extended him. Did they not? 
Yeah, that uh, they extended him. Um, that would have been they extended him last summer, twenty twenty one, and right. they actually and they actually got him to take a little bit of a haircut too. Which yeah. you know, again, when you're talking about team building, like that's huge. You know, yeah, save a million bucks just about. Yeah, I mean, so I like I, I I really like this forward group. I think this forward group has potential to put up a lot of. They're gonna they're gonna score a lot of goals. This team is gonna score a lot of goals. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think there's there's any questions like that. Like I like you know I, I yeah, maybe I don't like how long Zach Hyman is signed, but I like that con like I like that deal for him. Like mm-hmm. as far as like what he brings. Um, you know, Jesse Pugliarvi is an interesting one because obviously he's got the one year he's got the one year deal where he's gonna be in RFA next summer with um, arbitration rights, and it'll be interesting to see how they approach him because it feels like that's the guy that the media wants to run out of town. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, it's, I'm, I'm curious to see what kind of season he has. I really like Killer Yamamoto. Um, yeah. I've always liked him. Um, you know, and I think like, I think their bottom six is fine too. Like I don't, it's, it's their bottom six doesn't blow me away, but I think, you know, um, I, I think the third line's pretty decent. I don't know. I, it'll be interesting to see what they skate as their fourth line, but I think like, their top six though i think is among the best in the league yeah i would agree with that and it you know i i it it is hard to tell kind of how that bottom six is going to shape out i mean just looking at it i mean the i feel like the the knock on pulley rv has been you know ice time and and situational deployment and that kind of stuff and Mm -hmm. you know the way i'm looking at things i don't see him i don't see him playing higher than third line and second power play and so then you know it creates the question of okay if you say you put him with warren fogel you know Mm -hmm. one of kevin's favorite players if you put him with fogel and you put him with matthias yanmark you know is that is that enough for a third line and i and i don't know i mean maybe it is but you know, Yanmark, you know, he does have experience playing center, but I'm not overly confident with his ability as a center. And I, I know Pugliarvi signed, you know, he obviously re-signed and it was, you know, a lot of people were happy and it was, it was, you know, a, a, a sign that, you know, the bridge had been built, I guess. But, you know, I still wonder if it's more likely that he's traded at this point just because I don't see a situation where he moves up in the lineup given who's in the top six. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely gonna be fascinating to watch. Um, moving on to the blue line, um, the blue lines, it's it's okay. You, that's I think that's being polite. It's it's okay. <laughs> I would take Evan Bouchard, and you can leave everyone else. Yeah, I mean, I like Darnell Nurse a lot, but oh, me God, too. Man, but that money, that contract is brutal. Yeah, like it's it's uh, again, I like Darnell Nurse too. I think he he kind of brings everything you want in an everyday defenseman. You know, he's physical. He like, he's, he does everything that you need out of your number one defenseman, but nine and a quarter million is very rich. Yeah. Um, especially, I mean, I know there were, everybody sort of had stars in their eyes after, uh, um, you know, after the, I believe it was the hub season where he, mm-hmm. uh, you know, 36 points in 56 games, but even that, I think, you know, that right there, I don't think is nine and a quarter million worth Ooh. of money. And, you know, and, and, and so you're already kind of behind the eight ball as it is. And now he's expected to grow on that and do even more. And so I don't know. I mean, I look at that and, but again, that's, you know, you still like the player, right? It's oh, something yeah. that you can, that you can massage and you can figure out how to deal with. But 
the you know Tyson Berry same kind of thing. Tyson mm-hmm. Berry had you know a really good hub season, uh, and then and when I say hub, I mean 2020, 2021 mm-hmm. when. It was all inner division. You know, he had a really good hub season and then kind of came back down to earth. You know, Cody Cece famously has not been worth the contract he signed to, yet he keeps getting them. I know. He, somehow. And so that's kind of an anchor. Uh, we we talked about Brett Kulak as well. I think bringing back Brett Kulak was an underrated, like, sneaky move yep. by them. But, again, you just look at this, like, Nurse... Kulak, Bouchard, like if that's, I mean, if you've got three defensemen, and again, we talked about Vegas, Vegas mm-hmm. only needing three defensemen and they can figure it out. I like those three de- defensemen I mentioned, but they're not of the same ilk that Vegas' three defensemen are. And I, Fair. if I'm an Edmonton Oilers fan, I mean, I like, obviously you like Philip Broberg. You hope that yes. he can do what Bouchard did last year. But if I'm an Edmonton Oilers fan, I, I would love to find someone to replace Barry. I would love to find someone to replace Cody CC just because and I'm starting to realize that this is a theme with the Pacific Division where it seems like every team could stand to make their blue line better. Yeah. Yeah. The 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 one thing I think other than like maybe other than like I guess Vegas and their like and their other side, but I like I'll take Vegas is top three over anyone else in the Pacific. Totally, yeah. But beyond that, it's kind of... Yeah, yeah, it's it's a bit dicey, especially... (laughs) I mean, especially, you know, we'll get into it, obviously, but, you know, it sounds like that Vegas and Nick Haig are actually pretty far apart. Mm -hmm. So that's doesn't help them. Yeah, um, and in goal, obviously the big change in goal this year is going to be Jack Campbell and Nett. Um, It's interesting. It's... Yeah, Jack Campbell's an interesting guy, right? Because I think he's... Like I don't dislike Jack Campbell, and mm-hmm. I, you know, I and I always, I always wonder if he's just one of these like late blooming goalies that just, you know, just puts it together. I mean, and, and look at Jack Campbell's Tim, only 30. Tim Thomas, yeah, like, and, and let's and let's be fair here. Jack Campbell's only thirty years old, so it's not like he's like on the back nine of his career, right? Uh, by any stretch of the imagination here. But I just wonder if he's going to be like one of these late blooming guys. But I mean, I mean, and that's the gamble here, right? Like that's the gamble that they made with him because they got him signed for, for term. Like he's here for the next five years at 5 million. Um, and it's going to be, I'm, I'm curious to see how that works out because I just, I, I just look at some of these other teams, right? I just like the Canadian teams in general, like just the, the weird goalie moves that everyone's made. <laughs> well, that yeah, and it's obviously going from L.A. to Toronto was obviously, I mean, was huge for Jack Campbell. I mean, mm-hmm. he got to be a starting goalie, and like I'm with you. I like Jack Campbell. I think he's a decent Guy goalie. Battles. You know, yeah, absolutely. But I I look at what he did the first half of last season compared to the second half and in the playoffs, mm-hmm. and you know I worry about well i don't worry about it but if i was an oilers fan i would i'd worry about his longevity you know Mm -hmm. can he play can he get 55 60 starts you know again you know recent history would tell you that he could but it's not going to be without some growing pains and kind of couple that with their frankly subpar defense and and i I, I that's not to say that you should be dreading the season if you're an Edmonton Oilers fan, but I would be cautiously optimistic about what you have going on back there. And yeah, I don't know that. Like I said, it, it, it's kind of an odd situation because I thought 
from the Edmonton Oilers perspective, I thought there were better goalies available. Like, mm-hmm. and you know, who's to say who they talked to and who they didn't, you know, but like Darcy Kemper was available. I, I think I would have taken him over Dar- Jack Campbell, you know? Um, so it's kind of weird on that front, but on the, and you know, I hate to even do this, but you know, on the Maple Leafs front, mm-hmm. five million too much for Jack Campbell, but they had no problem giving over five million dollars to Matt Murray and Ilya is, Samsonov. Just yeah, I mean that's <laughs> like I said, the, weird weird goaltending moves in in Canada this year. <laughs> totally, and 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 it's it's kind of. It's just it's kind of ironic to me that you know Jack Campbell is sort of on the on both ends of of a weird goalie move. You know the team he went to and obviously the team he came from as well. But to your point about the forwards, like just the way they scored, like they're gonna get buckets of goals this year. Yeah. And you know, I guess if you're an Oilers fan, you're hoping that the goals for can mitigate any potential slip ups that Jack Campbell has. Yeah, I think. Look at I think this team is a this is a team. There's there's a few. I, there are very few teams in the league where I would com- where I would sit here and comfortably say this is a team that can outscore any problems they have. The Oilers mm-hmm. are one of them. Totally, absolutely one of them. And I look at I, I again. It'll be interesting to see what Jack Campbell. I mean, it's just it's interesting because obviously Jack Campbell's there. Stuart Skinner is going to back him up this year. It looks like. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how he how he gets um, how he does with more ice time. I think look at Stuart Skinner probably should have played more last year i think miko koskinen's a terrible goalie <laughs> um but it's 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 gonna be interesting because the you know obviously look at the edmonton oilers there's there's high expectations on this team this year mm-hmm. high expectations so it'll be interesting to see if you know if Stuart skinner can be a serviceable backup and if they get nervous in that respect i wonder if they make a mid-season move to bring in somebody to to slot in behind campbell yeah, I mean, especially to your like you said with, and you know Stuart Skinner, he's no longer waiver exempt, so mm-hmm. this is it. Yeah, you know if he, I mean, he doesn't need to come in and be the starter. Obviously, that's why yep. you bring in Jack Campbell. But if he can't be the backup, yeah, then there's not going to be any options for him. He's going to get traded. He's, you know, I think it would be a fool's move to get waived, but it's certainly on the table. And I. You know, as much as the starting goaltending position is a question, you do have to wonder about the backup position as well, to your point. And, you know, it's, I don't know, like I said, I'm I'm still very bullish on the Edmonton Oilers. I, you know, spoiler alert, I think they're going to be second in the division. But again, it's not going to be without some nervous moments. Yeah, fair, fair enough. Um, looking, looking at the, uh, at the uh, future, obviously they've, look at some of their top prospects, um, that aren't already kind of like in the mix to, to make the team here. We've got like Dylan Holloway, uh, Xavier Borgo, uh, Carter Savoy and Reed Schaefer. Like, so they've got, they've definitely got some guys still in the pipeline that I think Oilers fans should be excited about, but also have, you know, that's capital, you know, obviously like this, this is a today team. This isn't a tomorrow team. Mm-hmm. So if, if the right deal comes up, you know, if they find they're lacking something at the deadline, they have they have capital. They've got uh, they've got their first, second, third, fifth, sixth, and seventh round draft picks. So they do have capital to um, either use to bolster the team uh, down the stretch, or you know, or use on on the draft floor. And that and that's the thing is, you know, to your point, talking about just how locked up that forward group is. I mean, Drysaddle three years. We're pretty sure he's going to resign when that comes time. McDavid and Kane got four years left. 
Uh, Zach Hyman has got six years left. Uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins has seven years left. Yamamoto, two years left, and then he's an RFA. So that top six, it's locked. Like yeah. it's gonna, it's gonna take like probably a natural disaster of epic proportions to open a spot up in that top six. And so to your point, you know, not to say that any of these players should feel this way, but if you're, if you know, if you're Ken Holland and you're kind of reading the tea leaves on what your team needs to get better, because you know your top six is locked in minimum four years, maybe you feel comfortable moving out Jesse Pugliarvi mm-hmm. or Dylan Holloway, which I mean, Dylan Holloway I think is a is a standout player, and I I think he's going to make the Oilers sooner than later here, but him, Pugliarvi, even Ryan McLeod, like good young players who. Yeah, you want them on your team, but if there's a way that you can make yourself better right here, right now, it wouldn't surprise me to see the Oilers maybe go down that road and see what they can get out of those players. Even if it's, you know, it doesn't have to be a rental. It could easily be a, you know, here's our mid-20 forward. We'll take your mid-20 defenseman and you call it a day. You know what I mean? It's The Oilers, I think, have a lot of options on the table, to your point. They've got a lot of draft picks. they got prospect capital. They're... You know, I feel, I feel like they're kind of just sort of side eyeing Colorado, and it's like, all right, you guys gonna tip over because you know we want to turn. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, so I look at this team. I don't know. I like, I like this team. I think we'll, we'll. I mean, are they on the right path? Obviously, this team is totally. going to be one of the top teams in the Pacific. I will reveal where I think they finish in the Pacific <laughs> uh, after we talk about the Flames. Uh, Jerk already kind of gave us a spoiler alert. So obviously, like again, I think the you know, um we've we've given all our rankings for the other team and obviously that only leaves the top two and this is definitely a top two team in the pacific uh in my opinion so uh where in the top two we'll find out uh, which brings us to the calgary flames uh the calgary flames current cap hit is eighty million three hundred sixty three thousand three hundred thirty three, leaving them about 2.1 million dollars in cap space um the again a, a lot of moving and shaking here uh out johnny goudreau sean monahan Matt Kachuk, Carl Yarncroft, uh, and Eric Goodbranson uh, coming in. You just you hear that right, and you would think, "Oh man, this this is this is amazing." The Calgary Flames mm-hmm. are going to die. Ah. All right, here's the end. Nazem Kadri, Jonathan Huberto, Kevin Rooney, Ryan Carpenter, Nick Malosh, and Mackenzie Weger. The the Calgary Flames. Before I continue, but made like a master class of taking lemons and making lemonade like a master class this summer absolutely i mean we we even talked about it like i think i i believe we were all in agreement that you know (laughs) florida kind of got shoved in the locker on this trade on the matthew kachuk trade i mean kachuk is obviously the player they wanted and good for them for going after it but yeah i'm if i'm a calgary flames fan i i i'm not even thinking about that trade i'm 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 purposely not talking about that trade because i don't want like I don't want anybody out there who's on the Florida side to be like, ooh, did we maybe overpay? Mm -hmm. Like, it's just kind of like, oh, hey, thanks. Yep, done deal. And then you see my smoke tracks and you're and I'm gone. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, you know, the if if you're going to, you know, if you're going to teach a university class on how to build a team in spite of some pretty negative stuff going on. Yeah. Calgary Flames 2022. I mean, you, you talk about the you talked about the guys who left, the guys who came in, obviously. But they're on top of that. I mean, I think the one that comes to mind is Tyler Toffoli. Guys who had maybe a down year compared to their career and and have a lot to prove. 
Yeah. And I and I think it's funny because we talked a couple minutes ago. Edmonton Oilers, one of the best forward groups in the division, probably one of the best forward groups in the league. I think you can say the same thing about the Calgary Flames. Yeah, I like I like their forward group. I don't know if I'm as I'm as bullish on it as I would be like in Edmonton, but again, this is there's like a lot of really nice players here. Um the only thing I think I would be nervous about with some of these contracts is is just how some of them how good they might not be when they're ready to conclude. But that's a for a team like Calgary, that's a tomorrow problem. What are your thoughts on Huberto getting ten and a half million? I don't I I think the ten and a half is fine. I don't hate the number. I hate mm-hmm. the term, right? Because the guy's twenty nine. He's going to be thirty one. That ten point five kicks in. And yeah, so you're and that's... making ten point five in the back half of your thirties. That's it's a lot of money, and it just it so rarely works out. I mean, it's good job security for him for sure. And you know, and that's eight years after this year, so yeah. nine total. Yeah, you know, of being firmly entrenched in calgary he's got the trade protection all the way through um if you i don't know how much you've dug into his extension he signed but uh he's got a signing bonus every year of the deal and the cheapest signing bonus is five million bucks so he's yeah he's living all right i i'm i love jonathan huberto i remember me too you know there were some whispers i probably was three or four years ago at this point where you know it's like ooh, like is Jonathan Huberto part of the Florida Panthers plans? Do we trade him? What do we, and I'm like, like, I'm like Doug Wilson call, make the call. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and, and Florida, obviously they look dumb trading him now. If you ask me, cause I think he's a better player than Matthew Kachuk. But at the time, obviously they were smart to keep him. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, like he's just, he's a superstar and he's a superstar that I think a lot of people sleep on. And... Yeah, it was. I think the one thing, like, and it was kind of typical that this obviously happens too, as like as when a player like that moves markets. Like, all it was, it was funny how quickly people's opinions of Jonathan Huberto dropped as soon as he became a flame, like from other rival yeah. teams. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's not that good. Yeah. No, I mean, well, yeah, but. And and you know what? Like this again. You know, we're we're big fans of of you know team building, roster building on this podcast. For like, sure. You know, I look at this, right, and you you look at Jonathan Huberto, and the stats will bear this out, complete package in -hmm. terms of, you know, in terms of everything, but specifically a very good playmaking winger. I mean, he had 85 assists this year. Like, you know how many guys would die to have 85 points? And he had had 85 assists. And so then, okay, you you take a look at Calgary Flames. Okay, cool, yeah, Jonathan Huberto, you know, super – uh, elite superstar playmaking winger and you have Elias Lindholm mm-hmm. who just so happens to be a superstar elite goal scoring center. Yep. And to me I look at that as like okay if your top line like this immediately what comes to mind is like okay if I'm building the Calgary Flames like Jonathan Huberto, Elias Lindholm Melker Carlson like that's what came to mind like you could put anybody on the right wing of that line 25 goals. Be yeah. 25 goals. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be, I, and I think that's going to be the fascinating thing, obviously, because with all the turnover, it'll be very interesting to see how this team, like how this team shakes up as far as lines go. Cause there's obviously like you've basically just moved out your huge swath of your top six and brought in obviously other players that are definitely going to fit those roles. 
but how does that all fit together? Like I'm, that's what I'm fascinated to see. Well, and, 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 you know, going back to the Edmonton Oilers, you know, they're the soonest that they have someone in the top six expiring. That's not going to have an RFA uh, expiration status is, is in three years. So mm-hmm. they've got, that's the soonest. Whereas uh, you look at the Calgary flames. I mean, yes, Nazem Kadri obviously locked up for, uh, for seven years. Saint uh, Jonathan Huberto currently locked up for nine years. You know, if you consider the end of his current contract, mm-hmm. but like beyond that, you know, Manjapane three years and potentially out Michael Backlund two years. I know Lucic is not what he was, but, he's important to that team mm-hmm. one year and he's out Blake Coleman's got five years, but then Lindholm two years Toffoli two years. I mean, you know, I, we'll get to the defense, but Noah Hannafin two years, Tanev, Zadorov, Shillington, like it's, it's kind of now or never for Calgary. And I feel I like, agree. I feel like we've been saying with respect to the Calgary flames, I feel like we've been saying now or never for the last four years. Yeah. And you know, never keeps getting kicked down the road somehow, but I, I I I mean it this time. It's now or never. It's now or never. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be. It, this team is gonna be super fascinating. You, you went to the defense, and again, really quick before we go to the defense, I'm go ahead. I'm curious to know your thoughts on Sean Monahan going out the door. Um, like I I, I understand. Yeah. Like, I understand they need, you know, obviously Manjapane needed a new deal. Yeah. Um, you know, they needed to sign Kadri, and, you know, obviously they had to get Jonathan Huberto extended. But uh, I don't know. I really like Sean Monahan, and I just think he's one of the and, – and I understand it's the nature of the business, and you, yeah. can't let, you can't let your feelings get too involved. But another guy who I think – a lot of people sort of turned on simply because he got injured at the wrong time. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, I think obviously when you, when you're bringing in guys like Nathan Kadri and you're signing Huberto to that, to like a big extension, obviously like someone had to go. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately. Um, I like Sean money. I think he's a, I think he's a good player. I think it's a tough pill to swallow if you're Calgary. It's just so, and and you know, Sean Monahan is kind of just the latest in this sort of experience that's happened during the pandemic. But I, I understand like rosters are tight, the cap is tight. I get it, I understand it. But just the list of really good players who've been traded for nothing, or traded with a sweetener, or flat out just waived, or or you know released. Mm-hmm. Like it's kind of like I, hmm, that might be a fun podcast in the future is like building the like the you know i don't want to offend anybody but like the covid reject team where it's like guys who were thrown overboard or released or whatever because of the pandemic like build like that would be a really good team i feel like like there have been so many good good players who it's just that we can't afford you we got to get rid of you for nothing Mm -hmm. you know like i'd be very curious to see that yeah i i i again i like sean monahan i don't know i think like are they better with the players they got today than they would be with if you take out like maybe a Nazem Kadri? Like, and again, I don't like I like Nazem Kadri. I don't like this contract term. Definitely a gamble. Yeah, like I just I don't I like the he's... term on this deal. I think he's a hell of a player again, but I just think again the term right like and and maybe it's I'm like I am jaded as a Sharks fan because I watch just how quickly everything can go to shit. Right. 
right? Like we've seen because of the contract structure of our own team, like we thought we were going to get like at least four years of awesome. We got one. One. So maybe I'm jaded by that when I see like a lot of these deals that like just last. And I know, and I, look it, and I know some people are going to be out there being like, well, Joe Pavelski, right? Like, you know, <laughs> ignoring yeah, that, that like a house of cards, right? Right. Exactly. You know, but ignoring the fact like Joe Pavelski is the exception to the rule, not the rule. Like, am I wrong? No, you're absolutely right. Like the way Pavelski has he's like a cheese like yeah. he's gotten better as he's aged like he's in the words of aj he's a bug not a feature yeah yeah no and that's like so i don't know man it is and, what and, it is and, and 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 i and again obviously letting pavelski go with the benefit of hindsight bad and i can't believe we're even talking about this but <laughs> look it, it looks like a stupid decision it is a stupid decision yeah but Based on the information that we had in July 2019, still the right move, if you ask me. Yeah, I, I don't, I, I would have, like, obviously with the benefit of hindsight, I wouldn't have done it. But I think, like, if you give me that option, like, 10 out of 10 times, I'm going to say, go the other way. Just Thank based you. on what we normally, you know, what we're dealing with here. Um, this blue line, um, this blue line doesn't frighten me. I don't think it's bad, It just, but it doesn't frighten really? me either. You I don't, don't know. I well okay. Do you like it? It's okay. Real. Okay. I don't. I. I. I'm. I. And here's the thing. Maybe this is like personal bias here. Like I don't think that much of Noah Hannafin. Sure. He's not a number one defenseman, right? Um. I mean, they don't have a number one defenseman. No, and that's it. I think that's. I think that's what I look at, and I think that's where I have concerns. There and and I think obviously with with Mark Giordano leaving, obviously yeah. there's a bit of a bit of a vacuum there. But I mean, I think I mean if you're Florida Panther, Flo, wow! If you're Calgary <laughs> Flames, you know, he came from Florida. If you're yes. Calgary Flames, you're hoping that Mackenzie Weger, given what he's done the last uh, the last two seasons, you're hoping Mackenzie Weger can at least be your number one offensive defenseman. Mm-hmm. But again, he's 28. How much more room does he have to grow? Yeah. And I think, again, with the exception of Nikita Zadorov, mm-hmm. I think, because I think Nikita Zadorov, I mean, he's he's certainly better than Eric Branson, who you mentioned they got rid of. Yes. Uh, and then, by the way, Branson is another guy like Cody Cece. Somehow, year after year, gets yep. the big contract somehow. Not good Goodbran- Branson at all. No, Zadorov is better than Branson, but not much. And so I'm, I mean, he's physical mm-hmm. and that's, people get juiced over that, but of course, <laughs> yeah, he's exactly. not, he's not the best skater. He's not the best puck mover, but beyond that, like Hannafin, Anderson, Tanev, Uyghur, Shillington, Valimaki, like these are all NHL defensemen that I think are, are pretty good NHL defensemen. Like yeah. any, like any, you drop them on any team in the league, bare minimum, they're a middle pairing defenseman. Fair. And yeah. I, I think Calgary's depth on the blue line is really good. Yes. That said, you know, as I, as I mentioned before, Giordano leaving kind of left a bit of a vacuum and they don't have that, that kind of number one, you know, they have the number one power play guy in Uyghur, as I said, but they don't really have that minute muncher, the guy who you can say, okay, we need you to do 28 minutes. Like they don't have that guy. And 
you know, maybe they don't think they need that guy or maybe they know they need that guy and it's something they're working on. I don't know. But if I had to pick one kind of sort of, you know, <laughs> flaming target, uh, mm-hmm. no pun intended, it's it's the lack of a number one defenseman. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I, again, like I, I don't... I don't dislike this blue line. There's nothing here that just screams. This is amazing to me. Right. Sure. Like you said, it's very serviceable. I think, it, I think you've got guys like it, as far as depth goes, like I think you would have a hard time finding a deeper blue line. Correct. I, I just, agree with that. I just don't like when I look at the top end, it makes me. Yeah. Yeah. Just I, mad. I get that. I mean, like they don't have like a, like again, whatever you want to say about Darnell nurse, like Darnell nurse is a minute muncher. Yep. And they don't have that, you know, like I think, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe an Anderson, maybe a Noah Hannafin, maybe you can get 24 and a half minutes out of these guys, but not 29 minutes. And, you know, I know, <laughs> you know, the shark, there's obviously the, you know, jamming in a shark's connection, you know, could Burns have been a fit there? Maybe, but I'm the, like, just the the gymnastics that would have to be done to make the that cap, cap work. Yeah. I don't I don't know that it would have been worth it. But I think it know, would have. I, I think a move like that would have fit for like the way they're built, though. Right. Like you, it's obvious they need that uh, that kind of defenseman. And I just wonder if you know when Burns was put on the table. I wonder if they did reach out. Hmm. Yeah, it'd be interesting. And if he was, yeah, that's it's it is an interesting thought. Hmm. Uh, obviously they're set in goal. Uh, Jacob Markstrom. Jacob Markstrom. He's he's really um, a guy who um, I was never really a fan of early on in his career, but I think he's turned into a hell of a goalie. Yeah, it's kind of kind of interesting how that how that all transpired. Like I remember when when he was on the Florida Panthers, I was like, "You, I'm like, this guy is supposed to be the next big thing," mm-hmm. and then goes to vancouver and it's like oh oh okay all right he had a rough start yeah. in vancouver too though like, he did like yeah he... i i thought he was going to be truthfully i thought he was going to be gone as soon as he got there mm-hmm. and you know i'm i'm pretty i you know i'll be honest full transparency i'm surprised that he became what he uh what he has just because of the way things went in florida the way things went uh in vancouver to start you know i'm definitely yeah. surprised but at the same time, he's he's proven himself. And when we did our goalie tier, I think we kind of touched on it as well. But I think he's he's sort of you know we we agreed. There's only two superstar goalies, but like I think Markstrom is 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 he's banging on that door. If you ask me, yeah, yeah, he's 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 definitely up there. I really like them. Um, and then you got Vladar backing him up, which I think is fine. I, I again, I think Calgary like like Edmonton. It's like you know you wonder if they will if. You know if they're if they're having issues, but I think Vladar is a a, a good backup. Um, I yeah, I mean, if, is is Vladar ever going to be a starter in the NHL? I don't think so, but I think he's I think he's a serviceable backup. I mean, he's with with having a goalie like Jacob Markstrom, right? Like we talked earlier, is Jack Campbell a sixty start goalie? Mm-hmm. Jacob Markstrom is no doubt in my mind, and so okay, that means you need you you need Vladash, Kevin, help me out here. You need him to, you need him to play all your back-to-backs and late in the season, you know your your games once 
Oh, it's actually Vladar. Okay, shout out to Kevin, our pronunciation guru. So with Vladar, you don't need him to do a whole lot. Yeah. Like 20 – if you want to be overly optimistic, you need 25 starts from him. Yeah, and, and I think – and again, like people – like I think the, like if any Edmonton people check us out um, and, and get mad at me again. Like the, the difference is, is obviously like I think – Jacob Markstrom's a more known quantity for what Calgary has as far as I, I'm just like, again, I like Jack Campbell. I just don't know what you're, what you're going to get from Jack Campbell. Whereas well, I think Jacob Markstrom's a, a far more known commodity at this point. Absolutely. And, and, and you know what, like the way I kind of look at it again, I, we talked about it. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I like Jack Campbell too. I think he's a good goalie. I think he's, he's the right goalie to take a chance on. Yeah. But at the same time, Call me when he's up for a Vesna. Yeah. Because Jacob Markstrom was this year and uh, three years ago he came in fourth, which, you know, not technically a nominee, but the top five get votes. So, right. Yeah, exactly. You know, when Jack Campbell's up for a Vesna, then we'll talk. Yeah. That's, I think that's pretty fair. Um, Kevin's getting mad that we haven't mentioned Dustin Wolf. Yes, Dustin Wolf too, obviously. Um, from Gilroy, California, from, by yes, the way. Absolutely. Um obviously Was, like, they're again, this this is a team that again, they're kind of they're going they're 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 going for it, right? And they have totally. to go for it. Um so I, I think their their prospect pool still you know, they have some they have some interesting prospects, obviously, including Dustin Wolf, uh Matt Coronado, uh Jacob Peltier are two other guys that uh are definitely interesting players but i think again like you know as far as like draft picks go um seeing what cap friendly here says because i feel like my notes are wrong uh first a second a fourth and a sixth um so obviously not as much draft cap oh and a seventh um and then obviously like the next couple of years it gets fascinating with all the conditions on the trains to see what <laughs> what, a, what they actually end up with um but obviously look at calgary's a team that is going for it and i think they are you know, I think they're and they're set up to be a, a team that's going to go for it. I think they're going to be a team that lays waste to the Pacific again. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think. I mean, <laughs> spoiler alert: <laughs> <laughs> they're they're my division, Pacific Division champion. You know, yeah. I I just think I know. I. I mean. I think between I actually think on some level on a lot of levels I think Edmonton's forward depth is better than Calgary but I think Calgary's got the top end talent at forward obviously mm-hmm. but I mean if you ask me in the division Calgary's got the best blue line Calgary's got the best goalie like on that alone they should you know they should uh they should penalty kill their way to a division title and then when you factor in the top end talent they have at forward it seems like it may seem and like they the have, easy... like they have and and you you know you talk about guys like Lind Lindholm and and Backlund like these are some of the best defensive forwards in the game as well like as far totally. as totally you know I think I, I think that's something that's like under probably just doesn't get rated high enough is is how well like not only can these guys put points up but they are responsible in Blake both Coleman ends of the well. ice yeah. Yeah, I think, like I said, I, I picking Calgary to win the division, I think it's easy, right? It's the easy sort of choice, but it's mm-hmm. the right choice. I mean, again, best goaltender in the division, best defenseman in the division, and 
the, their top end talent at forward is really good. I think if I'm building this Calgary Flames team, if, if I'm Tree, if I'm Brad Tree living, mm-hmm. I think I want to maybe spice up the bottom six just a little bit. Um, and and that's why you know that's why you have Cody Eakin on a on a tryout. Um, that's why you know they've got two point one million dollars in space, and that's with you know that's actually with a pretty bare roster so there's not really a whole lot of room to operate there but i mean you look at the free agency list there's not there's not really a whole lot of sexy names left it's kind of like a late ad but you know maybe they see again what is a sunny milano what can a sunny milano do for them you know what can a what can a tyler ennis do for them you know what i mean Mm -hmm. i think if if there's one thing I would maybe want to do, it's definitely the bottom six, getting one more body in there that's maybe got a little bit more NHL experience. Yeah. Yeah, so um, Kevin's uh, giving us his rankings uh, in the chat here, so I'm going to throw that on the screen. He has uh, Edmonton at number one, Calgary at number two, LA at three, Vegas at four, Vancouver at five, Seattle at six, Anaheim at seven, and the San Jose Sharks at eight. So that is from Mr. Kevin Lacey in the chat. Um, I, again, I struggle with the top two, kind of like I did the the middle of the pack blender. I'm putting Edmonton at one, mostly mm-hmm. because I don't want the Edmonton fans to yell at me again. Again, yeah. Yeah, I don't like, like last time, you know, I was going to lose my citizenship. It was, it was bad. Um, no, I, the reason I'm going to put Edmonton ahead of Calgary is just because I think Edmonton during the regular season can outscore any problem they have. And they're, they're just going to, they're going to score buckets of goals. Buckets right. And, and, and buckets and buckets of goals. Right. And, and to your point, like, you know, goals, I mean, goals are what, Okay, it sounds so stupid. Like, yes, obviously, you need goals to win. But, yep. like, a lot of – like, very rarely do you see this stout defensive team, you know, being as, like, a sexy pick in the regular season. Like, yeah. it's goals. You know, you score a bucket of goals, and you make the playoffs off based off scoring a bucket of goals, and then the playoffs like, get tighter. David's I mean, going to have, like, that. 120 points, and Drysettle's going to be right there with them. Yeah. It's going to be dumb. I think Calgary is a really good team. I think it's Edmonton. Like, whereas in previous years, I'd tell you it like Vegas and everyone else. No, it's Edmonton, Calgary, and everyone else. Right. That's the way I see the division this year. Like, Edmonton, Calgary. I'm going to put Edmonton in first. I'm going to put Calgary in second. I think they're both really good teams. I just think they're, they're, they're two different teams, right? I think Calgary is definitely the better defensive team. I don't think they're going to put up goals like the Oilers are. No, I. It's going to be an interesting sort of balancing act because mm-hmm. I feel like obviously I do agree with you. I think Edmonton is going to obviously score more goals than Calgary does. I think Calgary's better than better defensively. They are. Know? I, I I would agree. I think like defensively goaltending, I think it's fine. I think in the playoffs that matters more. Right, and it's going to be very interesting to obviously compare the but two. But you would think that last year, and then Calgary got bounced by the Oilers. So <laughs> right, <laughs> I, I I still think it's it's going to be interesting to see where the two shake out. Right, obviously mm-hmm. you said you said you have Edmonton at number one. I have Calgary at number one, but I don't think either of us would be too surprised if our predictions flipped. No, no, not at all, not at all. I mean, it doesn't make for great podcast to be like, well, you know, anything could happen. 
<laughs> the right. middle's a blender, the top's a blender, the bottom's <laughs> kind of the only thing that I feel like really is set in stone. And it was interesting because like like there's so there was I guess there was odds released today for bottom records and they had they had Anaheim with better odds to finish lower than the Sharks, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, I, I mean at the at. At the very least, I feel like they should have the same odds just yeah. based on where they're both at. But yeah, it's 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 fascinating stuff. I mean, it's going to be interesting. I mean, so I'm going to see if I can remember if I can rhyme this off properly now. So I would have Edmonton, Calgary. I believe I had Vegas in third. I had Vancouver in fourth. I had LA in fifth. But again, that middle blender, I that could <laughs> throw darts. But that's just the way I'm seeing it. And it's it's and it's it, I I hate saying it because I feel like it it really doesn't give LA a lot of credit. But it's just I just think those three teams are so tight that I it could go anyway. Um, it's not really it's it's not it's not a diss on the Kings at all. Um, even though as a Shark fan they're my mortal enemy. <laughs> um, and then after where did I leave off? So that that would leave Anaheim, Seattle, San Jose. You're Se- yeah, I, Seattle, Anaheim, San Jose, something like that. See, that's the thing, and I and I mentioned it at the very beginning of our uh, of our first, um, you know, kind of know your enemy podcast was mm-hmm. that my division ranking it's going to change week to week as I remember certain things, <laughs> right? So my ranking, and again, if if you go back and you listen to the last four podcasts and you say, "Oh, wait, you said this this time." Mm-hmm. You're just going to have to roll with it because I don't remember <laughs> what I said. Um, but Calgary, Edmonton, obviously, is the top two. Right. In, you know, Blenderville, uh, I'm still – I know I said LA3. Um, see, this is where I'm stumped. I can't remember if I said Vancouver, Vegas or Vegas, Vancouver. I'd have to go back. I'm going to say Vancouver, Vegas. I'm going to be bold. Okay. And then in the in the dumpster – I think you're looking at Anaheim, Seattle, San Jose. So I think I really think the only difference we have is the top two and then the blender. Yeah. Um, what did you think of the uh, contract for uh, Jordan Cairo? I love Jordan Cairo. Me too. Uh, I almost made money off of him at the All Star game. So and you know I was stupid and didn't place the bet. So that's my fault. But a guy that I like enough to think about putting money on to do something spectacular. But that said, I think that is a rich, rich, rich contract for him. Again, we like the player on this show. 75 points in 74 games. Incredible. Mm -hmm. Incredible season. Obviously a big part of St. Louis's future. And even though, you know, this is not know your enemy central division, but I think St. Louis Blues are one of the top teams in the Central Division, despite the fact that they're kind of in a transition. Mm-hmm. And Jordan Jordan Cairo is obviously a big part of that transition into some different players. But, oh man, I mean, it's, I mean, he's got one more year on his current contract. I don't like if you just see what happens. I don't know how much more money he could ask for. I did you just say well. Robert Thomas just got this, so that's what you're giving me, since that's since their 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 previous deals also matched. 
Right, and I and I know when we talked about the Robert Thomas extension, I know mm-hmm. I know Kevin was very complimentary of it, and I, and I like it too. I like Robert Thomas, but I felt the same way where it's like, wow, we've and and same thing. He's got one more year on his deal. You know, if he had another good year, how much more money could he command? Yeah, and I just both these guys, both good players, but it's a lot of cash to give up so soon. And you know, if you're a St. Louis Blues fan, I. I hope you're okay with that. Yeah, I'd be curious. It's one of the things I should I should reach out to one of the Lux Blues. Yeah, let's go Blues guys and see what they see and, what they think. I'd be I'd be fascinated. And you know what? There's some. I mean, obviously, who's to say what's going to happen? We're still a year out, but you know, Ryan O'Reilly and Vladimir Tarasenko both making seven and a half million. They're going to be free agents next summer. So, if St. Louis goes a different direction. Kind mm-hmm. of mitigate, kind of mitigates the big jump in contract with those two players, and and I think it's interesting actually. I'm just looking at it right now. So both players signed. This is actually kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Both players signed eight year deals that are paying them eight and a quarter million per year, and they're both coming off of two year deals yeah. that pay them two point eight million a year. I, I I don't know if it's like premeditated from the beginning that like hey we got to match these guys up but i i think that's interesting that they've they've both had you know they both look to be the future of the blues and they both have had two identical contracts right yeah i it's some fascinating stuff i mean so that that was our uh obviously our look at the division i hope you guys enjoyed it um as much as we enjoyed doing it um Mm -hmm. i think you know it's always interesting to look at like what's going on as far as the division goes i think it's going to be Again, this season, it's hard to get excited for this season. Like, as a Sharks, I think as a hockey fan, it's always like it's easy to get excited for the season. Like, it's just nice. It's going to be nice to have hockey back. Obviously, this weekend there's going to be the rookie thingy. Um, I know it's supposed to be at least there's going to be audio on the Sharks audio network, but I don't know about like if they're going to actually stream it anywhere, which will annoy me if they don't because generally other teams that have hosted this thing they've usually streamed the games and i haven't seen anything from the sharks yet about being able to watch the games other than those that get to go so that super annoying right now um yeah all all i saw was that yeah it was just on the sharks audio network yeah which super annoys me so i think which, like and you'd think like i mean the building's been open for like a month it's a new freaking building you're telling me that they couldn't have installed like television setup like i should say better than like an ahl television setup (laughs) i don't know man i mean like i i'm hoping like i'm hoping get to watch but like if we can't then obviously like i don't you can only glean so much from audio um so like i don't i don't know what's next for our show is what i'm trying to get to um, as far as the rest of the off season goes, because if we can't, if there's nothing, if we can't, if they don't stream this thing, I can't watch. So obviously I can't talk about something. I'm not going to talk about something I listen to on an Kevin, audio. Kevin will have to be our man on the scene. Kevin, yeah. So Kevin will have to be our man on the, on the scene. Um, so obviously keep, yeah, obviously keep track of, uh, of Kevin's, um, Twitter at Kevin Lacey 22. Um, so I don't know, like I, I think at some point, um, I do want to do a Barracuda preview with Kevin, uh, just as obviously making schedules align um, for that to happen. But I mean, other than that, I don't know. I don't know, man. <laughs> I guess, I guess so. And, you know, I'm not going to, I don't want to steal your moment. You know, if you have anything 
no, announcement worthy. If you have anything announcement worthy to say, I want you to say it. But what I would say is so between now and the beginning of the NHL regular season, there's three Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. I get, and I, I only say Wednesday because we've done shows every Wednesday except for I believe one or two. Mm-hmm. So between now and the beginning of the regular season, there's three Wednesdays. I guess what it boils down to is, does the audience have an appetite for three more TTGs? It's true. I don't know. I mean, we have to have content. Like, we have to have something to come on here and talk about. That's the other caveat to it. Right. Like, and that's why I said, like, I, I obviously would like the rookie thing. Like, I think we'll see what happens if we can, you know, maybe if the Sharks don't stream it, maybe other teams will stream the games. And then we can, you know, like, if I can see something, then we would obviously have something to talk about there. But I mean, for for us, like, I'm not local. You're no longer local. It, it makes it very hard to talk about things that i don't want to just talk about things that i've heard secondhand like (laughs) for a really shitty podcast um as far as teal tinted glasses goes going forward uh normally when the regular see when the regular season starts ttg usually gets put back in the box until the next summer this season coming it's not going to be that way but it's not going to continue ttg so ttg is going to continue into the season but it is not going to continue in its current form uh so let me explain that so for one uh we sadly lose jerk back to the pucknologists big tears <laughs> however what i've envisioned for teal tinted glasses going into the season is it's going to be it's not going to be like a, it's not going to be a regular thing. It's going to be a Barracuda show. It's going to focus on the Barracuda. Um, and so I'm hoping to do um, a lot of Barracuda coverage this year. I don't know how regular, like, I don't know if it's going to be like a twice a month thing or what. I haven't decided that yet. There's a lot of details I still want to work out. I know Mark has um, talked to us about doing a prospect thing. And I kind of want, I'm hoping to roll that into teal tinted glasses so what i think will happen for teal tinted glasses going forward i think you'll see a lot more mark on it you won't see jerk until the summer Um, and then obviously kevin as he's available um, has said that he's going to come and obviously be a part of the barracuda coverage so that is what teal tinted glasses is going to be obviously there's still things that i have to work out as we get closer to the season um because it's hard right because there's a lot of games going on and we got to try and figure out how to fit it in with with obviously game schedules and obviously Sunday nights obviously crossed out because that is pucknologist and would we I, w- I wouldn't do that obviously so we'd have to find a different night where where there's not a game and I'm not you know I don't want to be like okay this is going to be a night and if if there's a game then we're just going to take over no it's, I don't I don't want to do that I want to have it focused on being a barracuda thing is it going to be a barracuda post game show no um, I don't think that, I think it'd be a lot of work for one, uh, to have to do after darks for Barracuda games and shark games. I think that would be a lot. So I think it's going to be probably one or two shows a month. Um, I'm hoping that we'll get to talk to Nick Nolenberger, um, and we will see. So I, I again, we'll see. Um, so that is the that is the future of teal tinted glasses. So we will continue. It'll just kind of continue in a new form, and then come the summer we'll probably go back to doing the same 
ranking inc operation we've done the last two summers <laughs> i was i was gonna say so you know i'm kind of i'm kind of picturing in my head and and you know and uh you know so the 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 in-season version which <laughs> again i want to reiterate like Technologist is during the season. Mm-hmm. Teal tinted glasses is during the summer. Like if anybody's worried, if anybody thinks I'm being thrown, you know, made to walk the plank, that's not no, the case no, no. here. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm like thinking about it. I'm like, okay, so this coming up to see what is, is this going to be like, like TTG version 5.0? I think at this point, you know, it's it's evolved a lot, but it's stuck it around has. a lot. But and it's, I it's, think that's awesome. I think it's cool because, like, I think when, when you go back to like earlier iterations of teal tinted glasses like that was that was the barracuda show mm-hmm. right yeah. so i think it's it's only fitting that we kind of um it's only fitting that we kind of go back to that a little bit i think it just fits totally so yeah so that and, is the uh that is that is and, the future of teal tinted glasses and and i won't be and and again just be just because you know again my being somebody who does two podcasts with teal town usa I prefer to only be doing one at a time just for free time and, you know, production value purposes. Um, but there's no reason, you know, I couldn't bring out the old avatar on a, on a random day in, there's, in there's January. Yeah. I mean, you know, the NHL all-star break is a thing and, yep. you know, maybe the Barracuda will still be doing things. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, uh, Kevin in the chat, TTG yeah. white and gold. I love it. I, I was going to say like TTG Wolfpack, but <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Love it. Yeah. So I, I hope, yeah. I hope people are excited for that. Um, obviously again, like I said, I don't know what we're going to do going forward. If we have things to talk about and we can get our schedules to work out, I think we could. So kind of just watch the, you know, watch our Twitter, watch the Teal Town Twitter. If we can fit in a couple more teal tinted glasses i think that's um we will definitely do it if there's something to talk about other than that the next time you will see us is when i can nail kevin's feet to the floor to do a barracuda preview kind of leading into the season um and then it kind of yeah and then it'll shift to being like the new the new ttg kind of like the old ttg but different all right um I think we've uh, rambled on here long enough. Uh, Hockey Jerk, any final thoughts? Um, final thoughts? Uh, These could if, be the uh, final, final thoughts. Yeah, this could, I mean, this could be it. Uh, final thoughts, if this is it for TTG this summer, uh, I'll see you next year, because obviously we don't talk any other time, right? <laughs> no, I'm just, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we all um, go back to our own little offices and we throw things yeah, at each we, other. Yeah. No, um, you know, if this is it, uh, you know, for this year, it's been it's been a lot of fun. I mean, obviously, like, like, don't get me wrong, like, you know, me and AJ every Sunday, I live for that. It's so much fun doing that. But I also have fun. It's nice to do things, do different things sometimes, you know, and so like, it's nice. I get my sort of game analysis, shark analysis with AJ and then with you and with Kevin, you know, it's kind of more like, let's be goofy and let's, mm-hmm. let's talk about the rest of the NHL and make wrestling references and you know, all that kind of stuff. I mean, it, it, it's all fun all around. And, you know, I don't, again, I don't want to give too much inside baseball here, but you know, the, let's just say there's more to come on the content side, which I mean, this will be the first time in the first time in a while that we'll have three active, um, 
you know, three active, I don't want to say brands, but shows. three active shows, pieces of content going on in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to be really excited. Obviously, if Teal Town is your source for Sharks fan-centric media happenings, that's where you're going to want to be. I mean, we're hoping, you know, that's we're hoping that this is our best year yet. You know, we're hoping every, you know, subsequent year is our best year yet. But on the content side, I think you're going to see a lot more, and I hope it, you know, I hope it turns your crank as much as it does for us. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I just want to always, I always, I, I'm, I'm really big on gratitude. So obviously, I'm super appreciative of you guys that, you know, came along for obviously. Look at we did some shows that had a ton of sharks news and. You know, obviously, we had a lot of turnout for that. And we've had we had shows like you know other shows where we haven't had a lot of sharks news to talk about. We've talked about other things, and you guys have come along for the ride. Um, and I'm always super appreciative that you guys have uh, come along and do it. It always makes me happy, like when the summer would come up and everyone's like TTG, TTG, are we doing TTG? Come on, TTG, make an announcement. Um, so I mean, it's it's really awesome that you guys continue to support us, and um, you know, like like I said, like this this is fun, but it's more fun when there's, when there's a demand for it. And it's always nice that it's always nice to get approached about, you know, Oh God, it's summer. TTG's coming back. Right. Right. Ian, make it come back. And like, yeah, definitely come back as long as people want it, we're going to do it. So I really appreciate you guys coming along for the highs, the lows, the definite dog days of summer, which we've definitely been in for a while now. Um, and I, you know, again, I super appreciate the, all the kind support and the fact, the viewership and everything else. And like I said, if you ever want to help us out, easy things to do, hit like, you know, um, leave us a comment if there's something that you think we got wrong, um, you know, and tell a friend. Um, but other than that, I'm going to uh, get us the hell out of here. Uh, again, you know the drill. If you want to find us, you can always find us at tealtownusa.com where you can find all our podcasts, all our articles, all that fun stuff. Uh, if you are a, if you are not subscribed to this video, now is the perfect time to hit the subscribe button, hit the bell. If you want to be notified when we go on air, um, just, uh, you know, again, uh, hit us up on Twitter. He is at hockey underscore jerk. I am at Ian blogs, hockey. Kevin Lacey is at Kevin Lacey 22. Uh, and again, guys, we super appreciate you guys being with us for the summer. And if this is it for the summer, then it's been a hell of a ride. And thanks for coming along with us.